Hello, everyone. Today is February 1st, 2024, and this is the Weekend Charts. I'm sure you want to thank all you guys and girls for attending. My apologies to those on YouTube if you're not getting a live feed. You can go to DaveLearner.com to get to the GoToWebinar feed. All right, what are we talking about? Well, obviously, current market conditions. I have a lot to say about that. Your questions on trading, your favorite stock, and crypto picks. And I'm going to continue my series on things I wish someone would have told me a long time ago when I first started trading. A lot of what I do, as I said last week, has that in mind. There's there's so many times where I wish somebody would have told me so many years ago what's happening and what really happens in the markets, how markets really work, the money management, the psychology, et cetera. And that's that kind of thinking goes into all of my webinars, but more specifically, these ones we've been doing lately. Anyway, uh, if you have any questions, obviously just punch them in to the chat. Hi, Dave. Finally got to watch your show from Brisbane. Oh, cool, Laurent. Thanks for staying up or waking up, I guess. I'm trying to think if I've been there. Bris is uh, Brisbane, right? <laughs> anyway, there's my contact information. If you want to attend live, we're still working the bugs out for YouTube. So my apologies if you're not seeing any feed there, but you can still go to DaveLearn.com slash webinar or my homepage on Thursdays. There's a flame screen. As you know, you can lose money or as often sum it up, all predictions are about the future and a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. Now, as I've been saying quite a bit, it's not about the crypto. Now, when crypto is blowing and going, it is about the crypto, but the main point I've been making with crypto is trading is trading and you're dealing with the emotions of the market participants as I'll get into in a few minutes and a little more details. But the bottom line is trading is trading and charts do work in crypto. And right now, crypto is wonderfully inefficient, especially all these little shit coins because they have the potential to move 100% overnight and sometimes much, much further than that over a period of time, as you'll see here. Anyway, this is just a generic type of pullback. It took off, pulls back, and the buy was here. The IPT, as I've been saying lately, I've been sitting at at 20%. And longer term, and especially as the market matures, what I'll probably do is change the IPT to reflect the volatility of the instruments. But right now, they're so volatile. I'm just putting IPT at 20%, and sometimes that gets hit within a day or so. Anyway, so it took off and then came right back in. So once again, this is a better than a poke in the eye trade. Now it's only 65 bucks, only put a thousand dollars up, but that's six and a half percent. And if you annualize that, that's 400%. I know that's fuzzy math when you do that kind of stuff, but it is kind of interesting to look at it that way because you know it cuts both ways too. If you're taking these small losses, even though they seem kind of small, you take enough of them, they will begin to add up too. But anyway, when this happens, then we just shout next. And the idea is to keep doing that. And if the worst you do is a break even on trades, okay, break even on the second lope and make a little money overall on the trade, like that last one I just showed you, then longer term, you can do fantastic because every night in, you're going to catch a big winner. Maybe this will turn into a big winner. We don't know yet, but we're going to give it a shot. So you can see, once again, this one pulled back and it almost became a Landry Light pullback. And again, markets are markets. This would almost be a textbook setup. If it had just touched that 30 EMA, I'm sure it touched the 20 EMA. But lately, and when I say lately, probably the last couple of years, I've been using the 30 EMA as opposed to the 20 for patterns such as Landry Light pullbacks. 
But anyway, you can see nice little pullback there, almost textbook in nature. I love the way it broke out, had some nice follow through, nice deep retracement, and then begin to take off again. So I bought it here and then it hit the IPT. There's the trades down below. Whenever I buy these, I put in a limit order to get out of half. And then my stop comes to break even, or, or I bring my stop up to break even, I should say. So mark to market, there's $671 open still. Then this trade again started with $1,000 and around $600 was taken off. So if you add that up, that's $260 in profits and it's 26.7% gains. And that's 967% annualized. My wife's always, what's that thing you do? It's like annualization, yeah. So it is a little fuzzy math, but it's it cuts both ways. So this was our big winner and we're still hanging on. You can see we sold half pretty quickly and then there's all the trades there. And this was a very small trade. I don't have a whole lot of money in this one particular account, but it's enough to trade and that's a 550% move. And it's a little bit less than that now. We do have a stop. And like I said last week, uh, maybe be, it might be time to say goodbye to him to an old friend and then in this case maybe not let's just wait and see but you don't want to become too attached in the process all right a couple of things like i said last week the bloom is off the rose a little bit for crypto it seems like the spot etf was a bit of a um harbinger if that's the right word of bad things to come but i think we'll i think we'll go on to make new highs at some point but obviously I follow the charts so and the other thing too is crypto changes really quick so i would say check back often and i saw a meme a while back and i don't remember exactly how it was so i made my own and says an hour here is like seven years on earth this was a planet that was near a black hole in the movie interstellar so an hour here is seven years on earth and it sounds like crypto <laughs> my daughter visited last week and we uh when she visits we have movie nights one of the things we do and we watched she'd never seen true detective the first ver first season and i told her matthew mcconaughey was in it and he was fantastic and she's all in and and it was really good watching and she says you know he's really good at interstellar so we watched interstellar and uh <laughs> not so good an hour here is like seven years on earth and it's like watching Interstellar. An hour watching Interstellar is like seven years of your life. You'll never get that part of your life back. But my daughter did not lie. He did do a good job. McConaughey. So lately I've been talking about things I wish someone would have told me a long time ago. And there's a lot of things people don't tell you about trading. There's a lot of these, uh, excuse me, my phone's still on. There's a lot of these get rich quick gurus out there with the Lambos and everything. and Believe me, these guys are no better than you or me. And I think it was last week or whenever I, I probably mentioned that some of them are probably headed for jail. <laughs> there was a crackdown. They they got a little too cocky. And one group in particular, and they're being sued for $121 million. But anyway, don't get caught up in that hype. Nobody knows what a market will do, like I said last week, exactly. And all representatives systems will sort of look the same and somebody was nice enough to send me a hedge fund that trades crypto and they were kind of secretive in how they did what they did 
And the bottom line is nobody has a secret to the market. I'd be anxious to see how they do longer term. So by representative samples looking alike, if you're trading a breakout system, you're going to have a high failure rate, unless, of course, you get in one of these rip-roaring bull markets that comes along every three or four weeks in crypto. If you're trading pullbacks, it's going to act a certain way or trend following in general. If you're trading reversion to the mean, good luck. It's going to work until they don't. But anyway, I woke up a few weeks back and I thought about the things that I wish someone would have told me. And these were the 20 things that I wrote down. If you go back about four or five weeks, I kind of ran through those really quickly. And since then, I've been taking my time and thinking about every time I go to take one off my list, which I took one off the list tonight, I think about two or three other things. But one thing that I often preach and teach about is you're going to spend most of your time waiting. And that's something that you're going to have to get used to. One theme that I often talk about is how the real world trains you to be a very poor trader. In the real world, you can't sit around all day and do nothing. You have to produce something. You have to work. You have to do something. And also another, not to go too far off on a tangent, imagine that, but another thing that I often talk about is for years, I couldn't understand why these successful people, sometimes highly successful people, would just pick such shitty stocks in the market. And a psychiatrist actually, who was a client, she actually emailed me and, and she says, I think I have the answer. And, and paraphrasing her is, in the real world, you have to take whatever train wreck comes along, even though helping them, so to speak, might do more damage than good. A friend of mine's a, a, a podiatrist, uh, he's a client too, and he was telling me, he said, this is what my morning looks like, and he sends me a picture of this black leg, and I showed it in one of my presentations, and I'm, I would never show it again, it's kind of ugly, <laughs> obviously, and this thing was huge, and just, it turned black from, like, the black death, and so if he goes to do surgery on this this poor woman, then he could actually hurt her. She could possibly lose a leg. But if he doesn't do anything, she's definitely going to lose a leg. So you have to take whatever train wreck comes along, even though you might do more harm than good. So life trains you, especially if you're successful in life, to be a bad trader. But the bottom line is he who waits wins. Now, there's a couple types of patients. I think this comes from trading full circle. You're waiting for the market to come to you. And, and let me tell you something. I need to put a big sign in my office. Wait, let the market come to you. I can absolutely print money if I let the market come to me, okay? I'm not bragging. I can do it. The problem is I give up a lot of money trying to outsmart the market, trying to, and most of, most of these bad behaviors relate to like intraday trading. So if I'm sitting there watching the screen all day, like I think it was Ed Sakota said, having a quote machine on your desk is like having a slot machine on your desk. You're going to want to feed it. But even with the intraday stuff, if I could wait and wait and wait, and it might take a week, it's like just walking over and like Jimmy Rogers says, just walking over the corner and picking the money up. The problem is, I'm not that patient most of the time. But as far as position trading goes, I am. And that's from years and years and years of doing it. And what I do, if you're on the trading service, sometimes I bore you to death. It's bad for business. It's a horrible business to be in because when there's nothing to do, I don't recommend anything. And I can go weeks and sometimes a month. I think, I think my record that just by chance I noticed was like 56 days with no recommendations. 
nobody wants to pay somebody to tell them to do nothing. But guess what? That might actually help you out because there's no need to go in and take mediocre setups during that time. It does put a little pressure on me to perform, obviously, once the market does get going. But knock on wood, over time, things have done really well. So you're either waiting for the market to come to you. And then once you're in a position, you're waiting for the market to move. And I used to get out of dead money positions all the time. And if you watch these presentations, you know I do a lot of webinars where I talk about dead money, how you get into a position and then it just kind of dies out and goes sideways. Doesn't stop you out, but it just goes flatline forever and you get bored with it. Many, many years ago, I remember one that did exactly just that for about 20 something days, which is well over a month. I think it was six weeks total. Didn't stop out, but didn't hit the IPT, didn't even move. Then I'd be willing to bet 99% or 95%, at least of my clients, got out the way, decided that, ah, this thing's dead money. I better get out. And then the stock got bought out. There's been many of those examples since then, too, but that's one that really sticks out in my mind. Now, when I was putting this together, I was looking at some old slides, and you always get something good out of Jesse Livermore. It was never my thinking that made made the big money for me. It was always sitting. Now, there's different kinds of sitting. There's sitting, letting the market come to you, and there's also sitting once you're in a position, letting things unfold and not looking at it as dead money. Once you start quoting Livermore, it's hard to stop. Hard to stop. Money is made by sitting, not trading. And that's once you finally do catch that big winner. Don't give me timing, give me time. If you let the market come to you, you'll do exceptionally well. If you read Reminiscence of a Stock Operator, if you haven't read it, you should. Obviously, you should reread it at least once a year. And I recently did a, a series on Jesse Livermore over when I had my stock chart show, Trading Simplified. And Anyway, you get a lot of good wisdom from him, and, and throughout the book, he talks about various times where he felt like a market would do a certain thing, but price did not agree with him, and instead of waiting on price, he jumped the gun, and he got into a lot of trouble. One thing I like to do, just as a side note, I get kind of excited when I see these markets breaking out intraday, and I want to just jump on them, a little bit outside the core methodology, still trend following but a little outside of the core methodology, and I know I've preached for years against day trading, but I'm here all day, might as well do something, right? Especially now since I'm busy doing presentations for the, this one, for instance, week of charts, and then I'm doing appearances and presentations for stock charts still, even though my show has uh, has ended, I'm still doing a lot of other presentations. So I'm kind of not stuck here, and I'm not, you know, don't feel bad for me. I'm very happy to be doing what I'm doing, but I do keep, a loose eye on that screen all day long and I will if I'm not careful I will feed that slot machine and that's where you have to just sit back and wait and, and one thing that I've done a lot more in recent times is if I really feel anxious and I really want to get in the market I'll put in a stop order above the market and I'm so shocked at how many times the market reverses and just doing that exercise over and over again has taught me like, well, maybe you don't even want to put that stop order in. Maybe you just want to watch this thing and make sure you're not getting sucked into a false breakout. Anyway, this is another good quote from him. A man may see straight and clearly and yet become impatient or doubtful when the market takes its time. Amen. Like I just said, the stocks will trigger and they'll go sideways forever. I think KNF, we're in that now. That, that went sideways forever, took off, went sideways forever, took off again. Knock on wood. 
Anyway, a man may see straight and clearly and yet become impatient or doubtful when the market takes its time about doing as he figured it must do. The market does not beat them. They beat themselves because they have brains. Because though they have brains, they cannot sit tight. Amen. All right, shifting gears. And by the way, I can't confirm whether or not the slides are, or anything's actually being broadcast. <laughs> so, uh, so let me know if it is. Okay. Now, one of the things I wrote about recently is is apologetics for technical analysis. Apologetics usually refers to religion where you're making arguments against arguments against religion okay and i thought technical analysis apologetics would be a really good topic and i've been working on some chapters in a book i'm working on on apologetics and it's uh i'm a nerd but i think it's really cool stuff and one thing is that fundamentals make a lot of sense just not in the markets the conclusions drawn by market participants to play, stay, or run away may be drawn by fundamentals or formulas. However, their ultimate actions are purely emotional, and that's neurology, as we've discussed quite a bit. How they reach their conclusions is irrelevant. What they actually do is. Your job is not to figure out why they are doing something, something that you won't know until long after the fact, if then, your job is to figure out what they are doing. And charts will tell you this, if you're willing to listen, of course. It, the charts will go up if they are buying for whatever reasons. We talked about this last week in the week of charts. The charts will go down if they are selling for whatever reason. Again, we talked about that last week. And the charts will chop sideways if they're doing both. So they're kind of canceling each other out. Again, what they're thinking is irrelevant, what they're doing is, and that's trend of thought, random thoughts from a trend following moron, and that's the apologetics section. All right, back to fundamentals. The biggest argument against fundamentals is when it comes to fundamentals, institutions have a major advantage, an advantage that you will never have. And Here's some of the institutional advantages, and these are just a few I thought of over the off the cuff. There's probably many more. They have millions of dollars in computers, and they have hundreds, if not thousands, on staff, and they have unprecedented access to companies. And these bigger institutions could just pick up the phone and call the CEO and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Or they could send some guy over there to meet with their chief financial officer and go through the books. It's like, hey, we're gonna put a 20 million in your company. How about you uh, open up the books and let's take a look before we give you $20 million or before we buy $20 million worth of stock. Now, here's the thing. In spite of all these advantages, 90 to 98% can't beat the S&P 500. And the 98% number that I derived by doing a little Googling was based on big cap stocks, which should, if you're a stock picker and you're picking big cap stocks, you should be able to 
outperform the S&P 500 because that's your your whole goal is to is to replicate something like the S&P 500 but better. So 98% of those guys can't beat the S&P and the other 90 in 90% overall can't beat the S&P. So if they have all those resources, resources that you will never have, how in the world do you think you could beat the market with fundamentals? And the answer is you can't. All right, let's shift gears and go into crypto. Can somebody give me a thumbs up if you're if you're seeing the screens or anything? I'm kind of blind here, and everybody's I'm not getting any feedback at all. Jeff, are you still here? Can you um let me know? I hope it's all working. Who knows? All right, let's shift gears and go into crypto. If not, hopefully the recording has worked. All right, so let me get uh, crypto up and running, and then we'll jump into stocks next. Okay, good. All right, so the broadcast is working. Thank goodness. Okay, here's that T again. We got in this. I got in this a long time ago. Now, let me tell you one thing I did do with this one. I did try to do a little add-on recently and i think it was like right in here as it began to rally up and end up scratching out of this one i might have lost a little bit but my goal was to try to do an add-on trade and it didn't work but it was such a small amount of money it didn't matter so i'm still holding on to that core position since way back here so that's about four or five hundred percent it was 550 at the peak so i'm not sure exactly where it is now but so far so good on that one knock on would. Here's the SUI we just talked about a few minutes. So far, so good on that. Now, if you go back several weeks, maybe a little bit more than a month, you'll see that I had maybe a dozen in the green. Now, green means that we hit the initial profit target. Okay. In this case, this was the pullback, almost a Langerlite pullback. We hit it and then stops at break even and now break even plus. Okay. And the goal is to ride out this longer term trend the same way we do it in individual stocks. So, so far, so good there. Now, the thing is, again, the crypto. Bull and bear markets come and go. This is CryptoBubbles.net. I just think this is a cool little website and I keep this up and running on one of my monitors during the day. And this thing will go totally red. Not one of these will be green. And then all of a sudden you'll see some taken off. And every now and then I'm in one of these big ones, uh, big big movers, which is kind of cool. It makes me realize that the relative strength game, when it works, really works well. And then sometimes just trading the pullbacks, like this SUI was one of the big winners not that long ago. That could work out nicely too. So the bottom line is with crypto, the core methodology does work there. Trading is trading. Now the relative strength trading, as I often say, you're just sorting these pairs by the strongest ones and you're seeing which ones are banging out new highs. Now in a market like we are in now with crypto, you're probably gonna find more of the pullback type of plays. Now this is kind of frustrating. This was one that I got in and I, I don't know if I made any money or not, but you can see it's taken off since then. It's it's more than doubled. So that's one of the downsides to the RS trading is every now and then you're going to miss one. 
and it's especially painful if you were just in it not that long ago. But anyway, the, the list isn't fantastic right now, so check back often as far as the crypto is concerned. Let's just take a look at Bitcoin real quick. So Bitcoin, this was the, I have to look at GBTC, but I think this was the day the ETFs were approved, okay? And that became a buy on the rumor, sell on the news type of situation. And so far, that's been the top in crypto. The good news, though, is that we did have like a bow tie down that didn't trigger, and this thing is back above the 30 EMA. Nothing magical about the 30, but as I preach, look at this. Look at look at this trend. It's huge. I feel like Tiny Elvis. The 30 EMA can keep you out of a lot of trouble and can help to keep you in markets that are trending nicely. All right, let's shift gears and jump into stocks. If you have any individual stocks you want to talk about, feel free to start punching them in now. I'm going to go through the markets really quick, and then we'll go to your stock picks. And if you're on YouTube, if you're not seeing the stream, you can just type your, your picks in, and I'll take a look there. Let's take a look at the P's, and then let's drill down to some of these sectors. S&P 500, nice little bounce back today. As I told my premium clients, my service clients, it always kind of, kind of amazes me. It's like everybody and their brother runs for the door on something like a Fed day, and then they turn around and run right back in. It's like it makes no sense. But, hey, it is what it is, and that's just markets. And you can see that we bounced back nicely. We didn't close this gap, but that's a pretty serious comeback up a percent and a quarter today. NASDAQ Composites, not too shabby there, up about a percent and a third. Didn't quite make back its losses and didn't obviously didn't close the gap, but so far so good there. S&P just off of all-time highs. NASDAQ just off of multi-year highs and not that far away from all-time highs. The Q's have been doing really well too. Q's, let's see where they are, 421.88. They have a bit of a double top knockout look to them. That's where the market makes like a minor double top and then has this knockout move. It's one of my favorite patterns. Of course, every pattern is one of my favorite patterns. Yeah, so this was the, this is when they approved the ETF. So a lot of people, now you got to realize that when you have, for lack of a better word, a liquidity event like that, a news event. If you have a shit ton of shares and you're an institution, you could just use that opportunity to dump them on to the market. And that's probably what happened when this thing shot higher like it did. And one of you guys was kind enough to send me an article. GBTC has had a tremendous outflow. I think it's BlackRock or somebody, IBIT has really taken off instead of um, the GBTC. The fees of GBTC, not to confuse the issue with facts, are higher than most of these. So I imagine those are gonna have to come down. GBTC pushed hard for an ETF. Not sure why, because it it's, it's become, be careful what you wish for. Let's take a look at the Rusty real quick, and then let's take a look at some sector action. Rusty, same as it ever was. Nice little bounce today, but just stuck in a stupid range. And as I've been saying, a nausea. It's got overhead supply and below overhead supply. So tons and tons of overhead supply in the Russell 2000. Most areas looking pretty good here, especially technology related. This is Hack, which is the cybersecurity ETF. If you take a look at defense, it's been consolidating in here, but overall still in an uptrend. It's pulled back recently, trying to rally 
out of that pullback. Most, again, technology-related areas with the Qs just off of all-time highs and the NASDAQ just off of multi-year highs, doing fairly well in here. Here's semiconductors. Look at that. That's set up as a pullback. That looks pretty good. Software is looking fantastic. As you can see, almost back to all-time highs. So sector reaction is looking pretty good. And the good news is it's most sectors. There's retail. You can see banging out new multi-year highs, not all-time highs, but not that far away, at least based on that ETF. Financials doing fantastic. They pull back in here, a little bit of a TKO type of move. So that's looking pretty good. Uranium has been doing fantastic. I recommended SRUUF, which is the physical uranium. That's doing pretty good, as you can see, up about 7% today. A little hard to get into. you got to use limit orders, and not all brokerages have it, so that's a bit of a bummer. But the other ones that I've recently talked about, like URNM and URA, I do believe, uh, have taken off nicely, too, so thank goodness for that. Anyway, as you go through these sectors, many are looking pretty good. Uh, financials, again, insurance within the financials, a little bit of a TKO move today, but so far, looking pretty good, well off its worst levels, as you can see. And then let's see if we can find couple of more areas. Manufacturing, just off of all-time highs. MNC, bam, winning all-time highs there. So you kind of get the idea. Most areas look pretty good at or near new highs. Now, energies have been kind of just abysmal on a relative basis. They've just been chopping around in here, going back and forth mostly. Let's take a look at those real quick. You can see stalling out a little bit towards the top of the range. So obviously, as a trend guy, you want to avoid that if you take a look at like OIH within the energies, you can see pretty serious downtrend remains intact there. I'm not too excited about shorting, shorting at this juncture with the market on the cusp of the, these new highs like it has been. But obviously, this area is not doing well. It's more of a short than a long, obviously. So as you can see, market looking pretty good in here. So far, so good. All right. Any individual stock picks you guys want me to take a look at? And let me check uh, YouTube while I wait. My apologies to you people on YouTube. Sorry that uh, feed didn't come up. Doesn't look like it came up. Okay, going once. Quite a bunch tonight. Going twice. Obviously, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I appreciate you taking time out of a busy schedule. Anything unanswered, daviddavelandry.com. Everybody have a great weekend to everybody on Facebook, which is most of you guys here live and go to webinar i'll see you guys and girls tomorrow again have a great weekend see you other guys tomorrow thank you so much and may the trend be with you